dog. When you bucket your chin strap up, it's with a purpose, dog. Uh-huh. Do you feel me? Yeah, yeah. Do you feel me? Yeah, yeah. Do you feel me? Yeah, yeah. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Arrowhead Live is back. This is episode 14. Uh, we've been away for three or four weeks now, um, but we are back, and we, we've got a new a new guy in tow with us. Um, it's Austin. His name's Austin Smith. Um, he's doing our basically our creative um, content, uh, graphics, edits, stuff like that. So say what's up, Austin. What's up? Excited to be here and, uh, you know, ready to join the podcast and continue to contribute. Definitely. So, um, as most of y'all know, I'm Grant. I'm here with my uh, other co-host, Ori. What's going on, guys? So, uh, we're going to start it off uh, with the mailbag for you guys. we got quite a few questions here tonight. Um, so, the first question is, should the Chiefs bring back the scissor lift? Uh, that was a question from Arrowhead guys. So, I assume that you guys are talking about the scissor lift from training camp that they used to film on. Um, that, I guess, Kyle Santos almost killed a dude. He kicked the ball up there and hit the dude or whatever. I don't know, but um, it's like almost knocked, it almost knocked him off. Yeah, I think so. Um, I remember that a two or three years, four years back, something like that. And I, I remember the dude. They used to line up or set the scissor lift up behind the end zone, and I guess they were recording for film, and he hit the dude. I don't know if that's what they're talking about, but I, I would assume so. But um, but anyway, I guess last year at training camp they had a big. Um, tower uh that was like robotic that could like turn on its own and stuff there's a dude like in there in like the control center so i guess not i guess we don't really need the scissor lift a little more official than a, than a scissor lift that they use for construction <laughs> yeah yeah seriously so but hey it was good while it lasts until it almost killed the guy so yeah um anyway moving on to the next question um out of the qu- crowded wide receiver group who's going to make the chiefs roster that's from chiefs focus um, so for me personally, um, we have the, the four basic dudes, um, that we know are going to make the roster, basically roster locks. That's Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, and Mikko Hardman. Um, and then there's probably going to be two spots after that, that we aren't exactly sure. Um, personally, I think it'll be Byron Pringle and Garrick Dieter. Um, but I could also see there being an outside chance of Cody Thompson beating out one of those guys during training camp. Um, but really, it really just comes down to special teams at that point. Um, a guy like Dave Tobe, who's who's a tenured um, special teams coach and, and one of the most respected guys in the league, he, you know, Andy Reid could leave the choice up to him on who he wants for that sixth wide receiver spot because that's really what their responsibility will be. Um, what do you guys think? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus Kemp was uh, kept around. He is he did pretty good for us last year. He didn't play that much, but when he was in, you know, he made an impact. And so I wouldn't be too surprised if Tube kept him, kept him around. Um, maybe even just to throw him in on special teams, and then you know, when we get up big in games, throw him in for Tyreek Hill or uh, Watkins. Yeah, and I've kind of seen that mentioned somewhere actually. Um, so Kemp's been around the last couple years and. He's, uh, I think he's one of one of Tobe's favorite guys. He's the gunner on on punt return or on punt team, and um, you know he he messed up a couple times last year that was like noticeable where he didn't get to the ball or um, he dove into the end zone and batted it the wrong way, and mm-hmm. you know he had a couple slip ups, but he definitely seems like one of Dave Tobe's guys. What do you think, Ori? 
Yeah, I, I would agree, I agree with that. Uh, I think that outside of the of McCole, McCole, you know, Tyreek, uh, Sammy Watkins, and D Rob, those are going to be the definitely the top four. And then after that, I have I would say probably uh, Dieter, and then uh, I think Pringle, um, and then for that last spot, I think it would be uh, either between Thompson or um, yeah, it would come down to Thompson or. Kemp. So I don't know. I think Thompson has some pretty good hands. So like, uh, if they're looking for like a hands team guy, he might be, you know, for just for one just those type of plays and stuff like that on special teams. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if Kemp is already kind of solidified himself like in the end of the team, so it might be just easier to go with Kemp at that point. Cool, cool. Anyway, moving on to the next question from Ryan. Um, name a not so obvious player you'd like the Chiefs to target via free agency or trade. Um, and this is basically, he means in the, from here on out. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, Patrick Peterson's been discussed. Jalen Ramsey's been discussed, uh, guys like that. So, uh, Austin, why don't you take the lead on this one? So I've been looking at the Vikings roster and they've got four solid cornerbacks who are first or second round picks and they're all 28 or younger. So I'm thinking that they are probably going to be trying to deal one of them. Uh, Trey Waynes has been um, put out on the market. He's 26, so it's his contract year. And I don't think it would be a, a terrible idea for the Chiefs to pick him up, even if it's just for one year, just to bolster uh, the cornerback position um, and try and put us in the best position possible for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, they've got – they so they drafted a guy last year. Um, I forget what his name was. Uh, Mike – what was it, Mike something? The uh, Vikings? Yeah, the, uh, from UCF. Uh, was that cornerback's name? Uh, Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes, that's right, yeah. yeah. So um, they drafted Mike Hughes. They got McKenzie Alexander. Um, they got some really do- good dudes. Um, Rhodes. Yeah, Xavier Rhodes and then Trey Wayne. So, um, and then Holton Hill, who they also had, just got suspended for a total of eight games. But, um, you know, I think they could – I don't know where they stand now that – that um, Holton Hill is is out for half the season. They might get rid of him, and they might not be in the market for trading a cornerback at this point. But, you know, that could be something. We have some nice offensive line depth, and maybe we could send them an offensive lineman uh, that's not going to make our roster in a pick for, for, say, Trey Waynes, who's got a decent cap number um, and is in a contract year, but uh, this guy that's largely underperformed as a top-10 pick and um, – you know, so maybe that could be an option. You're right, Austin. So basically what I'm saying is that if you uh, add another cornerback, um, you know, they don't even have to be great. They just need to be average at least. Uh, if you would have – if our defense is just, you know, a little better than last year. We were one play away from going to the Super Bowl last year with, with barely, pretty much not even having a defense. So if you just make this, this uh, defense average, uh, at, at just at the very least, we should be fine with Mahomes and company on offense going at it. Yeah, that's kind of a thing that I've thought about. Um, you know, how much worse is Maurice Claiborne than any of these guys that we could be trading for? He's cheap, and you yeah. don't have to give away draft capital to get draft capital to get him. Um, yeah. So, you know, Maurice Claiborne, he's not a number one guy. He might not even be a number two guy at this point in his career, but he is good depth, and he could be a solid contributor, and that could be thrust into the ro- the cornerback rotation and be a decent guy. And he has um, experience a veteran as well too that you got to take that into account he's seen he's been around the league for a while he knows what he's doing he's he knows what his role would be with the with the defense too 
Yeah, and I believe he played at LSU with Tyron Matthews. So that could be something something yeah. to consider as well. For sure. Uh, moving on to the next question from Derek. Could you field an all-Chiefs fantasy team and win a championship? Hmm. Um, honestly, I think you could. I don't think you could win a championship. I think you could win six or seven games in fantasy with an all-Chiefs team. Uh, but the real problem is, is like, if one guy gets hurt, like, what are you going to do at that point? Um, but the Chiefs offense is, I had, I know there was a couple leagues last year where I had two or three guys from the Chiefs and I destroyed everyone. So, um, but I don't think you could win a fantasy league with all Chiefs. So personally, I think, I think you could, I think you could make the playoffs if you, awesome. if you face the right people, you know, depending on how good the rest of the guys, people drafted, yeah. um, and if they're just going to let you have, all, if you're if you're in a situation where you are able to draft all Chiefs, yeah. uh, you, so you you basically have you have that Mahomes at quarterback, you have you know Kelsey and then Tyreek. After that, I, I hope Hardman and them have a good season, but your wide receivers might be a little weak just because the not there's just so many different uh, weapons that Mahomes throws to. And I mean, but I mean, I guess you would get all the you would get the points for for those two, but. Uh, yeah, I think wide receiver would probably be your weak your weak point, and uh, I don't think hopefully we won't be kicking that many field goals this year, so your punter might suffer a little bit. You mean your kicker? Kicker, yeah, kicker. <laughs> yeah, just messing with you. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think you can make the playoffs if uh, the right things kind of fell into place with the uh, with your. Yeah, opponent. I mean, I mean, there's usually a couple a guy or two that make the playoffs with six or seven wins. So oh yeah, could sure. make that last playoff spot, but. Um, moving on to the next question uh, from Jeremy. Do you guys think we will see a Philly special this year? So, in case y'all aren't familiar, the Philly special is the play that the Eagles ran in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, uh, where Nick Foles caught a touchdown. Um, personally, you know, I don't think Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a very fine-tuned coach. Um, mm. He doesn't really like all the gimmick stuff. You know, you could call the shovel pass a gimmick, but um, like he used that repeatedly until it wore out, and then everybody yeah. else followed, everybody else followed suit, and Andy Reid never used it again because like he knows he knows when people pick up on that stuff, and that's one thing yeah. that is great about Andy Reid for me. But you know, you never know that guy. I, I I don't want I don't want Mahomes running wheel routes or anything personally. Yeah, I I personally would not be sending. Uh... Patrick Mahomes anywhere near um, a ball in the air when he can just get hit freely. Uh, yeah. I'd like to keep his head on his shoulders and keep his knees intact. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't there? I, I agree with that too. I don't want Mahomes doing anything that he doesn't need to be doing. Uh, but wasn't didn't what, who who was the quarterback? Was it Thigpen that caught one to himself? We got one. Uh, yes. Got yes. Yes. Down like yeah. a while back. I think it was Thigpen. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was crazy. I remember that. But uh, I don't I don't think much has happened since that one. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if we'll we'll see that this year. Probably not because just of how valuable Mahomes is. But it'd be a uh, be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Andy Reid's not that type of coach. But you know, he Peterson did come from Andy Reid's system, and Peterson's the one that called the play. So you never know what Peter or what Andy Reid's got up his sleeve. So yeah. Um, and then the next question from Bradley, uh, name some sleepers and busts for PPR this year, and will AB or Lev Bell perform better in their new offensives? Um, so sleepers for me, um, 
he's not particularly a sleeper, but um, I think Tariq Cohen is going to be a monster in PPR this year. Um, they got rid of Jordan Howard, and they brought in Mike Davis, um, and then they drafted the dude from Iowa State, uh, David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. But I think I think they really like Tariq Cohen down there, or up there in Chicago, and um, I think they're going to get him some more use in the passing game and in the running game. So that's a, that's a sleeper for me, a guy that could overachieve relative to his uh, ADP. And then uh, a bust for me, I had him last year, is Kenyon Drake. Man, Kenyon Drake, I had such high hopes for him after after Ajayi left and uh, and then Frank Gore left. And it, it's looking now like like Kalen Ballage is going to steal some carries away from him. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. What do you guys think? I mean, for me, I think that uh, Jameis Winston is a good sleeper this year. That's a if, good one. If you would have combined him and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, their points, they would have been second out of all quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And so most people are probably going to pick Jameis Winston, like, what, 15th quarterback off the board? He's not going to be one of the top ones. And uh, with Bruce Arians, he's real aggressive with his play calling. And so I would not be surprised if Jameis Winston goes probably top – seven quarterback wise um in points which is not bad if you're getting him for the 15th quarterback off the board right for sure yeah and i think that uh i i think winston he's he he has all the tools to to do it it's just uh i mean he hasn't doesn't have the best help around him in the situation but like as far as like his intangibles go like he can he can do it all it's just like just got to put that just barely put those pieces together and i think it i think he'll he could still be a stud in the league yeah, and, and another thing with Jameis Winston is he's he's bounced around with offensive coordinators and head coaches, and you know he's been on the bench, he's been off the bench, he's he's yeah. been all over the place. But you know now he's get a little got a little bit of continuity, um, and they're talking about Ronald Jones being a decent player this year. Um, so you know that could give him some some support out of the backfield, and you know hopefully I like Jameis Winston. Um, I drafted him in, in fantasy whenever he was a rookie, and he did really well for me. And I had high hopes for him, um, but you know he's kind of he's kind of faltered a little bit. But you know we'll see with him this year. Um, and then on to the second half of that question: Will AB or Le'Veon Bell perform better in the new offenses? Um, you know we have a little bit of bias against uh, the Raiders, <laughs> but honestly. Fullheartedly, I believe Le'Veon Bell is going to be a much better player than Antonio Brown. Um, He's got a better supporting cast around him, and um, I think that he's going to get a ton of usage just because, you know, there's reports going around that that Gase didn't exactly want Le'Veon Bell um, at the price that they gave him or the the contract that they gave him. And um, so I I believe that that Gase is just going to use the hell out of him, you know, and, and wear him down and... He's been talking about 500 touches, which is absurd. It's I don't mm. think it's ever been done before. But if Le'Veon Bell gets 500 touches, he might never play again after this season. But he could be – I mean, he's going to be the number one player in fantasy football if he gets 500 touches, period. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I agree with – I think that uh, – I think Bell probably end up being a little better just because they're going to be such a run-heavy offense. Uh even though they, you know, they have Darnold, but they don't have their receivers aren't the best. Like they have, they have a few like Bobby Anderson. Yeah, like they have a few, they have a few decent ones, but Quincy Yeah, I just don't think that 
I think that AB will get quite a few catches just because Carr Carr throws a decent amount of under, you know, kind of just not too far down the field. But uh, and and then I think AB can just create separation from anybody most of the time. So uh, he'll he'll get his his touches and stuff. But I think that uh, Bell will will end up being on on top. I think to me it comes down to whether or not Derek Carr. Um, goes back to where he was when he was in the MVP conversation. Um, what was that, two years ago? Uh, yeah. Before he got hurt? 2015, wasn't it? 2015. 2016, yeah, a couple of years ago. He was in the MVP conversation. Um, and if he can get back to that level, I think AB will – I mean, just if he's on that level of playmaking, then AB will automatically rise up to that level. Um, but Le'Veon should be getting more um, more touches, obviously – not just because he's a running back, but also because he's got Sam Donald as a quarterback who is a young quarterback, um, and he also doesn't have the best receivers. So it wouldn't surprise me if Le'Veon comes out on top, but if Derek Carr has another career year, then A.B. should be, um, you know, up there. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, Derek Carr, the one thing is, is Derek Carr's never really had a player like Antonio Brown, like the caliber of player Antonio Brown, but in the same breath, like, don't Derek you say Carr, to Cooper, huh? I mean, he's not Antonio Brown, period. Like, yeah. But I, in in the same breath, Derek Carr couldn't even get the ball downfield to Amari Cooper. So, like, yeah, that's like what I'm he, saying. Was, he was one-hopping it to Amari Cooper, like, ten times last year before he got traded. Right. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe Antonio Brown will bring out some confidence in Derek Carr. But, I mean, they're still going 4-12, and 12, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, what are your... Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins predictions. Um, that's the next question. So for Tyreek Hill, I put out some predictions um, or stat projections, offensive and defensive, uh, the other day. And for Tyreek Hill, I have 98 receptions and 1,508 receiving yards for 12 touchdowns. And then he has 12 rushing attempts for 103 rushing yards and one touchdown. So, you know, combined, he's got, you know, over 1,600 total yards and 13 touchdowns, which is actually not that much higher than what he had last year. So that's not a Super Bowl prediction. And then for Sammy Watkins, I think he's transformed his body a little bit, and I think he's going to play a full year or almost a full year. He might miss a game or two, which is what I have wrote, written down, but – um, I got him at 62 receptions for uh, 1,028 yards and eight touchdowns with uh, eight rushing attempts for 81 yards. So, um, you know, he gets over 1,100 total yards and eight touchdowns, which will be a fantastic season for Sammy Watkins and, and really put some pressure on the Chiefs to um, figure out what they're going to do with his contract in 2020. I think that, uh, so for, for me, I think it's going to be um, around probably like 1,200, 1,300 yards for Hill. And uh, probably around 10, 10, 12 touch touchdowns. That's what I would I would give him. And uh, for Sammy, maybe around mm, like eight eighty five, eight fifty to nine hundred yards, and then probably like six touchdowns. That's what I would have him at, which mm-hmm. would be would be fine with if he's got eight hundred yards. Sammy Watkins has eight hundred yards and a couple, and a decent amount of touchdowns. Uh, and the other guys are getting theirs like as they usually are. It, that we should be completely fine with it, with those stats. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Tyreek came out and had just a monster of a year because um, of this offseason. I feel like that's got to put a lot of fuel in his tank, um, you know, 
with everybody flipping sides, um, depending on the day, on whether or not he was guilty. I think that he's just going to come out and have an incredible year, um, which may or may not take touches away from Sammy Watkins, but I'm hearing that Sammy's in one of the best conditions he's ever been in coming into a season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he um, definitely surpassed his production level from last year. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think he will surpass his production level. Uh, what do you have? Like five hundred something yards, but he yeah. He, played, he only played in ten games, and then two of those games, two of those ten games, he came out after like the first snap. So, um, you know, he essentially only played eight games, and you know, he recorded over five hundred yards. So, like, you extrapolate that over sixteen games, and you know, he's well over a thousand. So, um, anyway, that's it for the mailbag. Um, we're gonna go on to our main topics today. Um, so the first one is. Uh, the Tyreek Hill decision and the contract talks. So, you know, if you guys follow us, you know that we have been saying over and over and over again that Tyreek Hill is not going to get suspended. Tyreek Hill is not going to get suspended. Come to find out, he doesn't get suspended. Um, I didn't expect the contract talks to start so quickly, um, but, you know, it's it's reported that they're in contract talks and um, that – Really, there's going to be a ton of offset language, but the reports are that he's basically going to get the same value that he was going to get prior to this whole incident. So, what do you guys? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, my thought on it is the decision is they're not going to suspend it. We've said from I said from the beginning, if he did it, then he should be he should be off the team. That all that type of stuff. We we then got more information throughout throughout the whole thing. Learned about his. Uh, are they married or is it just his fiance? They were engaged, but they they, they were never married. They were engaged, um, and then as far as I know now, that engagement's broken off. So yeah, so that we uh, we had learned about all that. Obviously, it changed some same things about it, and ended up they they did basically they just didn't have evidence of it. They couldn't prove that he was the one that broke his, his son's arm. So I think at that point, you just have to accept what they say, move on. Nobody can prove it otherwise you you know people on twitter love to talk about things they don't really even know about uh so but i think that you know it is what it is at this point you kind of have to move on uh no matter which side you're on on it if you know uh but yeah we've been saying that he was going to be innocent and ended up being the case and uh yeah i didn't also didn't expect the contact talks to to come so quickly but um you know i guess they're just going to try to get those those type of things done as, as quick as they can and uh, they're going to put they put their uh, trust in Hill. Yeah, I think that um, the contract talks weren't as surprising to me. But what was surprising was people after his, um, I guess, them saying that he wasn't suspended. People saying that he was going to get traded um, because we drafted Michael Hardman, and that those are people that are obviously not um, in the KC area because I don't think anybody from KC is saying that the Chiefs are looking to trade Tyreek. But even just today, I was going, um, I think I was on Bleacher Report, and some dude had written a full article about teams that were looking for, um, looking to talk to the Chiefs about trading Tyreek. And um, I just don't think the Chiefs are anywhere near a place where they wanted to trade Tyreek or even exploring that. Do you guys? It makes no sense. I, that, is, that is all fueled by Mike Florio, who runs Pro Football Talk, in case y'all don't know. And Mike Florio is a huge Chiefs hater. And a huge, even a bigger Tyreek Hill hater. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been against Tyreek Hill this whole time. 
Um, you know, he's brazenly biased against Tyreek Hill. Um, and he said the Chiefs could trade him, but didn't give any, like, baseline information of why. He's and, like, um, they could do it. Just, you could say anybody could do anything. Like, the, yeah. the, you can't, it's not a source. You know, it's so that's just Florio storing the pot and like people, other people are running with it. But the thing that's funny to me is people are like, oh, I would never have Tyreek Hill on my team. Like, I don't care if he did it or not. This guy, he's, you know, he's a piece of crap. I'd never have him on the team. And um, I don't know if y'all saw me posted on Arrowhead Live. Um, I, I don't know if it was earlier today or, or yesterday, but um, about the Buffalo beat writer that said the Chiefs should trade Tyreek Hill to Buffalo for zay jones lashawn mccoy in a fourth round pick so there's people there's people already out there that are like they want their team to trade for tyree kill and the fact that this guy like made that like logical trade compensation in his head it's just hilarious to me and you know they're trying to downplay it like you know he's oh he's not that valuable now because like he got in trouble or whatever but like and then they're still trying to like talk about their team trading for him he's legitimately the most the most explosive offensive weapon on any team and people are like oh he's not that good but give him zay jones and lashawn mccoy and that'll that'll, (laughs) that sounds like a good idea for everybody yeah it's just it's just all a bs dude and like honestly at this point i don't even care about the people that like are talking because they know they know like what's been reported and there's no way they can be that stupid to not think that tyree kill probably has some legitimate evidence they're just on Twitter to talk crap to Chiefs fans, and honestly, I give it right back to them. Like, just because it's fun. Like, I don't even care. And, like, we kind of – sometimes people will be like, just leave it alone, just leave it alone. I'm like, honestly, I'm just tro- – like, I don't even care. I'm just trolling them. Like, it's right. not even that big of a deal. But um, anyway, so that's basically that for the Tyree Kill decision and the contract talks. Um, the next thing, as everybody knows, Chris Jones is in kind of like a pseudo holdout. Um, he's holding out, but he's not really holding out because he has to report by August 6th, period. Like, Mm -hmm. if he doesn't report by August 6th, then he doesn't accrue a season and he becomes a restricted free agent after the season. And I know he doesn't want to do that. So, whether he plays or not. Um, and so this was, this was discussed by someone, I'm not sure who it was, um, but if Chris Jones holds out as as long as he can, like he said he like people have reported that he might until August 5th and then report on August 6th, the chiefs can find him $900,000. His salary for 2019 is only 1.1 million. It's like he'd be losing. He'd be getting like no money for the season. Basically you'll make 200 K for the entire season. If he doesn't sign a contract extension after this year, he's not doing that. He's going to get extended period. End of story. Like that's how I feel about it. Who knows? He could even he could even fly in tomorrow to training camp and just be like, you know, people have just been messing around, but you know, but we'll see. What do y'all think? Yeah, I don't see how he could think that's a good idea. I don't I don't know how anybody wouldn't want to be on the Chiefs at this point. Even if you're, you know, that we're one going to be one of the top teams for for the next 10 years barring something crazy happening. Uh it, why would you not just work out a contract with someone else instead of then getting 200,000 for a year, which, you know, to an av- a normal person like me, that would be, a, that'd be an awesome year. But 
for a football player when he knows he can get, just go do take a little bit less for an extension and uh, be making so much more money. It just doesn't make any sense. I think in his mind, he's thinking Clark Hunt won't do that. If I hold out, he won't do that. He won't find me that money. You think that you think that's what he's thinking? I mean, potentially. I mean, the thing is, is if he signs the contract, they're probably not going to find him. And so I think he's just trying to maintain his leverage as long as possible. The very little leverage that he has, as long as possible, he's going to push it to the very limit. And then he's going to he's going to try to squeeze as much money out of the Chiefs as he can. And then August fifth, he's going to sign. That's what I think is going to happen. And then they're not going to they're not going to find him because they want him in camp. Andy Reid wants him in camp. Spagnolo wants him in camp. They want him practicing and getting up to speed with this with this defense. But I, I understand him. I fully understand. Like, a lot of people don't get it. I fully understand him not wanting to go to camp because if he gets hurt on his own dime at yeah, Chiefs camp, an he's not going to get an extension. Right. If he tears his ACL or something, you know, or breaks his arm and misses three quarters of the season, like, the Chiefs aren't going to give him what they're going to give him now. Yeah. Whether he holds out until August 5th or not, so... Well, the other thing is, is at least he's being mature about it. He's still talking to the new rookies. I think, do you pronounce it Kalen? Colin. Colin? Okay, so he, Colin was quoted today saying that um, Chris has been talking to him about keeping his weight down and giving him tips and tricks, you know, over text or call, whatever it is. And I feel, you know, he's he's all in on the team. There's no question that he's all in on the team. He's just trying to get his money. And, just wants his money. Uh, yeah, he's just trying to get his money, which is justified. Um, I, and I think everybody's eyes, I think even, you know, the chiefs are like, they understand they're just, they just, you know, a couple of numbers don't match up. You know, another thing is that has kind of gone unmentioned is Chris Jones wants his money now, but he wants his money from the chiefs now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's saying, all right, I'm going to, I'm not going to sign a contract this year. You know, I'm going to wait until next year. I'm going to test the market. He's not doing that. He wants his money from the chiefs. So he wants to be here. You know, he he just wants to get as close to what he wants as possible. And, you know, the two guys that rec- represent him, uh, their brothers, I forget what their names are, but they left Rosenhaus, uh, Drew Rosenhaus' agency. And, you know, Drew Rosenhaus is notorious for, you know, um, holding contracts until, you know, until teams will give them the absolute max that they can give them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so these guys have obviously taken a, a page out of Rosenhaus's book, and but you know, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I honestly I don't know what Jones is going to get. Could be a three-year deal, could be a five-year deal, um, could be the exact same deal that Frank Clark got. I don't know. Um, is he worth that in your eyes? Um, I think there's some questions about Chris Jones. Uh, obviously. We're going to a 4-3. Is he going to play defensive tackle? Is he going to play defensive end? That's one question. Second question is, they've talked about him freelancing um, quite a bit on 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 passing or passing downs, which has caused him some troubles in, in run defense as well. But I think Chris Jones will buckle down and he'll get his stuff sorted out. You know, Bob Sutton wasn't the best defensive coordinator we've ever had. So, um, you know, I think Spagnuolo will get the most out of Chris Jones, and I think Chris Jones wants to be there. I think the Chiefs want him there, and I think they're going to get the deal done personally. So, Yeah, I would agree. 
So uh, moving on, we got uh, talk about a little bit about training camp. Uh, we're all uh, where me, Grant, and Austin are all. We're all going to be there. Uh, we're going to be handing out some shirts. We're going to be you know trying to get some footage of training camp and uh, you know just kind of enjoying it as well. Uh, we'd definitely love it if you guys could come up and talk to us a little bit, ask us questions. Like I said, we'll be handing out shirts and stuff like that. Uh, so definitely come up and talk to us. Yeah, and I've got I've got a shirt for Austin, um, an Arrowhead Live shirt I'll have for him, and then so he'll be wearing that, and me and Ori will be in our Arrowhead Live shirt. So like y'all will be able to point us out, and you know if you come up to us, if you're at camp, you come up to us and you mention our podcast or you mention our Twitter or whatever, um, we'll give you a shirt, and then you know size and quantity are limited, but if you get one while they last, then it's all yours. Um, probably have you take a picture of it and make sure that you're following us on Twitter hmm. and then tag us so that we can share it. But yeah, so like training camp is going to be pretty fun. I went last year. I, you, neither of you guys have been to training camp oh, before. Never been, never been. Uh, I went, but I was like, I was younger. I was, it was probably four or five years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's a ton of, I mean, that wasn't in the Mahomes. So Ooh. I went last year. Last year was my first time and there was basically nobody there. Um, I went about the same time last year because I went to the first uh, preseason game as well. But it's a ton of fun. So if you're listening and, like, you're on the fence about going, like, I would definitely suggest going. We'll be there August 7th and 8th. um, And then we'll also be there for the Bengals game on the 10th, which is in Kansas City, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. And um, it's it's definitely an experience to be had. And, you know, you get to meet players, and, and I don't know about this year, but there was alumni there last year. So, um, I mean, I got signatures. If that's something that you're interested in is getting autographs and stuff like that, like, definitely go because you can get everything autographed. But um, training camp will be fun. Uh, go ahead and get out there, whether you can go the sixth or 7th and the 8th. Um, try to go at some point. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely ready for my first, uh, my first experience because I've never been before. Um, it is a little bit of a drive for me because I'm I live in Iowa, but uh, yeah, it'll definitely be cool. I'm gonna try to get some something signed for my dad and uh, see what see uh to see what's going on. Be fun to see all the, all the players out in person and uh, yeah, meeting, meeting some of you guys. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm I'm just ready to get back into that electricity because I know it's gonna be crazy. You know. Um, get back to that, you know, if you've been ever been to a game, anybody who's ever been to a game, there's always that uh, electricity from the stadium. And I feel like, you know, hopefully there'll be that same feeling at training camp. I'm sure that everyone's going to be really excited. This is probably the most anticipated year for Chiefs fans in a while. So um, I'm very excited. And also just to get to see the players and see how, uh, just see how fast Mahomes throws it, you know, mm-hmm. get to experience that in person. Definitely. So we look forward to meeting some of you guys. Uh, this is the conclusion of episode 14 of Arrowhead Live. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll be back weekly for y'all, and we'll we'll have y'all some uh, training camp footage and stuff like that. And Austin, hopefully he'll whip up, whip up you guys some more edits. I hope you guys have been enjoying those as well. So thanks for listening, guys. I'm Grant. I'm Maury. I'm Austin. We'll see y'all later.